0: Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, thank you everybody for joining me today. As you know, Friday is not my normal radio day, but this is a special edition and I might also say what also makes it very special is my guest because my guest today is a very good friend of mine. His name is Steve De Benedetti emmanuel and he is a marriage and family therapist in Sacramento. Welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Hi, Marcia. Thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here today.
0: This Just is going to be so much fun, Steve. This is going to be so much fun. It's somewhat of a reunion for Steve and me. Uh, we met way back in 1995 when I was working at the YMCA and became the membership director of the Westchester Y. And Steve became <laughs> one of my favorite members from the very beginning on multiple levels. And while we may be doing some reminiscing during the show because it will be hard not to, we will be focusing on on what Steve is all about today, what he does professionally and also learning some helpful skills during this time of isolation. So, Steve, what I thought we could start out with is I like, I like my listeners to know something about my guests. So if you could just share some of your background, just what, what, what would you like to share with us to let us get a glimpse into Steve?
1: Well, thank you, Marcia. I'm actually a native Los Angeles boy. Um, I moved up to Northern California, my wife started graduate school, so I, I abandoned. I abandoned. Uh, grew up in Santa Monica, and I abandoned. I abandoned uh, Los Angeles back then. But to know a little bit about myself, um, went to school at Santa Clara, and I studied history, and that uh, sort of plunged me—not plunged me, but sort of sprung me into you know all all history majors. Uh, Tend to teach, so I, I that sprung me into teaching a bit. Um, my family, I have two parents. Uh, they were in Santa Monica. They have moved to Washington D.C. My sister is down in L.A. My brother is up in Napa. And what else do you want to know about me, Marcia?
0: Well, you know, it's really interesting. You you do have a son. You want to mention that? And of course. Also. You know your family has some very interesting um backgrounds I just you mentioned napa Wh- who what's going on in Napa?
1: Well, my brother is one of the best chefs in the world, and his wife is one of the best bakers in the world and They found themselves somewhere in the culinary world and as uh as people in the food community go, being in napas uh, really perfect place to be. They have a wonderful son who's just finishing college. And I remember when he was when 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 his mother was pregnant, so the years have gone by, wonderful son just finishing college in Florida and but unfortunately had to move home for the last couple months of school, kinda of like the rest of the world, school was kind of canceled for him.
0: Right. That's so funny, Steve. As I know this is going to be reminiscing, but I remember <laughs> before children also when they were up there um, working with Alice Waters. But this show isn't about your family, your extended family, although we
1: – it very well – what? <laughs>
0: but um, I'm sure that we'll be we'll, weaving. Well, we'll I should jump, in.
1: I, I should jump in, Marcia. I do – my son is 12, and my wife yes. – I couldn't have – uh, gotten a better wife, and I, I hit the jackpot with with my boy. Um, there there isn't a better twelve year old or better better boy on the face of the earth. He uh, he's kinder than he, than I am. He's more generous than I am. He's nicer than I am, etc. So I so I really hit the hit the jackpot. But you're right. I mean, we have plenty of reminiscing to do, but hopefully we have hopefully we have some 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 good meat to share today with our Absolutely. with our listeners. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I might also add, yes, you have a pretty terrific wife and a pretty terrific kid, but guess what? They have a pretty terrific husband and a pretty terrific dad. Let's talk about marriage and family therapy. You're biased,
1: Marcia.
0: Well, I am. I'm raising my hand with the bias. Why did you decide to to become a licensed marriage and family therapist, Steve? What, What took you in that direction?
1: Um, well, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, when I, when I was a kid, I, I probably wanted to be a stockbroker or somewhere in the financial financial world. But in my early twenties, I had a really, you know, basically I, I had an emotional crash and I got into therapy. And one day my therapist said to me, I you thought about being a therapist and I had never thought about it, but it kind of the light, the light flashed on. And so, uh, at that moment that was my that was my career career direction and i, and I really i don't think i've um, I memory mean, i really i think i really hit the jackpot on on the choice i've made mhm
0: well you have a really loving welcoming personality and and you're a good listener and all of those things are really important and and that's what makes you successful how long have you how long have you been a therapist
1: I started graduate school at Pepperdine. Actually, it was uh, I went to the night program, so it was in an, an office building. But I started in fall of 1994, and then I started seeing clients in uh, 1996. So I've done it for a minute or two.
0: Yes, you have. I remember that office building, Steve. Okay, <laughs> so when we when, – you know, words mean different things to different people – I have found now more than ever, what's the difference between isolated? What's the difference between quarantine? What does stay-at-home mean if you get to go outside? I, I think words have so many meanings, so many interpretations, and sometimes some confusion, at least for somebody like me that's so very literal. When you think about the word therapy, what does that, what does that word mean to you?
1: That's a really, really good question. Uh, I think there there are a thousand different definitions of therapy and what a therapist does. And I mean, some people keep it, make it really, really complicated. Um, for me, I really, I keep it simple. Um, my job is to walk through hard things with people and help them figure out what they can do to make their life go better. You know, people come in, maybe they're feeling depressed, maybe they're feeling down or maybe they're feeling anxious and there's a lot of, a lot of depressed and a lot of depression and anxiety going on right now. But therapy for me right now is helping people along through this anxious time. I don't make, I don't, I don't, I don't overthink it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when I, when I think about it, um, sometimes therapists call, call their, their people uh, patients. And for me, that's just not—that's not how I roll. It Just doesn't make sense. So I, they're my clients, or I also call them just the people I work with, because I feel like mm-hmm. I'm walking through together, and I'm not some—I'm no, I'm no brain surgeon on this.
0: Get it? But I, I like what you what you said about that because honestly, to go into therapy, and i, I would imagine that many people that are listening to us right now. Have been in therapy, myself included, and we all go there for, like you said, for a variety of different reasons. Gosh, I was in therapy. I don't know how old am I? Probably more than thirty years ago. Um, <laughs> so it, it doesn't mean a lot to to people that that do this. And I'm looking at your website, which is RiverCityCounseling.com and I'll make sure that we mention that again towards the end of the show. But I'm looking at your website, Steve, and you offer a lot of um, services. And I thought before we talk about what's happening today, because certainly we're going to be talking about that, I think it's it's interesting to know the different types of counseling services that you provide. Would you like to, to address some of those things and what they're about?
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, first of all, these days this isn't this isn't in the order I would usually say them. Um, but these days, the biggest a lot of the work I'm doing um, is teletherapy, and what that means is seeing seeing people. And all you got to all you have to do is live in the state of California. So you don't have to be in Sacramento. You don't have to be anywhere. You can be up in the mountains. You can be in the desert. But uh, what, so what I'm doing, by, I'm working by Zoom, by FaceTime, and by phone as my, as my remote services. And I'm working similarly to how I always work. You know, people have a ton of anxiety right now, tons of, I mean, they're, they're walking through hard times. And so when I'm on the screen with someone, when I'm on the phone with someone, we're talking about the same things, and I'm helping them. Walk through, and most people don't really don't really think there's a whole lot of difference uh, between between teletherapy and and face-to-face therapy. So, but you know, back to back to what I what I do face-to-face with people. Um, a lot of the work I do is with adolescents. Um, you know, you're not an expert until someone else calls you an expert, and so. A few different times, people said, "Hey, Steve's an expert in, walk- in working with adolescents." Well, wh- whether or not that's true, I don't know. But a lot of, if, if I have really a, a joy, it's working with with uh, sort of sixth graders, seventh graders, and up. Um, you know, ultimately, I end up saying because I'm a parent. I have a 12 year old. He's fabulous, as I've said. Um, mm. But I end up saying a lot of the same things parents say. Um, you know and what i what I say to parents, I say, well, come in, I say, you know, I imagine someday my kid might see a therapist, who knows um and he probably it, and there there'll be a time he probably won't be talking to me all that much, but he might go talk to a therapist my My point being is oftentimes teenagers talk to me, they don't talk to their parents, they'll come and talk to me i'm people just tend to feel pretty comfortable with me like i I, I saw you know, a while ago, someone put up on Yelp or something. I don't know what it was, but he said he's like talking to your buddy, except he doesn't let you get away with things. So, <laughs> you know, so I don't, I don't want to go on and on. But, you know, teenagers, they don't want um, you know, what I say, a sit and stare at you, shrink, is what I say. I mean, teenagers really want someone to talk to. Enough. So I tend to be really engaging. You know, Marsha, you and I are both high-end extroverts. Um uh-huh. And I think teenagers really respond well to that. Um, do a lot of parenting work. Do a lot of couples work. Do a lot of parenting work. Um, you know, the flip, kind of the flip side of working with teenagers is a lot of times parents come in and they're like, we're, we're at a lot. I think I got a, actually I got an uh, email earlier today, and it's one of those, you know, my kid's doing X, Y, and Z, going through X, excuse me, X, Y, and Z, and I don't know what to do. Everything I've tried to do hasn't worked can you help? Um, and that's, that's a, that's, you know, that's an email I get pretty frequently. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I tell, I help parents kind of figure out strategies and so in hopes that they'll be more effective with their kids. I've had pretty heavy duty parenting training, um, did a, a project called parent project, which is I highly recommend for parents with kids who are really struggling. Um, and so I, I integrate that a lot um, into the work that I do. But again, I'm not—I'm—I'm I'm not one of those people who just sits at you. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a typical therapist. So I, you know, working with parents, I kind of join in with the fray with them. I could go on and on, Marcia. But those well, are, you know, those Steve, are uh, yeah. Go ahead. I
0: guess what I would say to you regarding that, Steve, is because you are a parent, and you've been in this field now for quite some time. Um, and I know how serious you take parenting. Um, Sometimes couples are really struggling. Sometimes individuals are really struggling. I know that you have some people that will just be able to walk and talk. Now, that's not going to happen today, but I know that walking, walk-in people will sometimes come into your business as well. Mm -hmm. But I can see the real value of teletherapy. I, I really can see that, and it kind of takes me to my next, Question, Steve, which is um, that word isolation that I mentioned earlier. You know, there's something very, I don't know, troubling about the word isolating. I've talked to many people that will say, I am thriving under these stay-at-home policies because it has allowed me to do things and focus on things that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And it's re, it's re sort of programmed how I want to spend some of my time and my day. I, I think we all kind of come to that in our own way. But for people that are listening right, da, right now, what advice can you give us regarding isolation?
1: Well, that's a really, really good question. Um, Like I said, there's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety uh, going on right now. And I kind of, to segue a little bit, someone's actually one of the people I work with said to me, you know, I think this is all, this depression, anxiety, it's more situational. I said, that's a really, it's a really, really good point. Um, I think, you know, the life is, the world is very chaotic. and, And I think that, um, you know situationally things will things people will end up feeling feeling better w- when when we're able to be more connected but right now there's such a disconnect uh, and so a lot of a lot of the talk i 'm doing is how can people feel connected just like I do therapy by zoom FaceTime, there is a lot of a lot of connection that way i mean I have a a group of friends we 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 did a year of volunteer work together forever ago, and we were all on the phone together. And I think a couple of them are are listening right now. But we were all on the phone together, had this fabulous Zoom conversation. And we hadn't spoken, we hadn't been together as, as a community since 1990. So it was this wonderful reconnect. And you know, and I know there's there's quite a bit of uh, you know connection through FaceTime. And I learned yesterday you can do a split screen on FaceTime, and I didn't I didn't know that. So those are some those are some good ways. And also you know you know surprisingly, we're also seeing a resurgence of the telephone. Uh, I think mm-hmm. there's something what I'm finding personally, and quite frankly, in the work that I'm doing you know telephone with with my clients, but just me personally, there's something about a connection through the phone that just gets missed that gets mixed or missed with 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 uh, with the video, and just you're really able to focus on each other in ways that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm quite frankly, I'm surprised by that. So lots of telephone reaching out. You know, s- some other things, something that I feel really, um, I mean, I, I'm even feeling emotional saying it, but you know, right now, acts of service. And what I mean by that is little things like, you know, your neighbor is 80, her husband, her, his wife, whatever died, and just kind of knocking on the door saying hi, even if they don't open the door, you know, even if you call through the door, because I know we're all supposed to, you know, keep distance. Um, But just checking in, you know, my brother, like I said, my brother and sister-in-law are chefs and bakers. So, uh, and I'm jealous. I don't live quite close enough, but they're (laughs) making bread. They're making bread and bringing it around and dropping it on their, on their, um, on their neighbors' front porches, which is, you know, which is a wonderful act of service. And some people are, you know, doing grocery shopping and whatnot. And I know that when we when we give, we receive. Um and there's some you no know, other other little things. Um, you no, know, unfortunately, you know, those those of us well, I well, I'm not one of us, but ha- who have birthdays right now, I know there are, are drop by presents, uh drop by present, um <laughs> dropping off presents, which is wonderful. Um and what else are we doing? You know, something that was really—I'm—I'm you know, a high-end, I'm a high-end high extrovert, and so my buddy Joe, Joe's a farmer, and Joe lives on the corner. I remember the other day, he was hanging out, hanging out out front, and we started talking about coffee. So I had a free, I had an extra pound of coffee beans sitting around. So I brought him a pound of coffee. He's a succulent grower, and I'm a succulent grower. So he gave me a bunch of succulents, dropped some off the front lawn, um, and so it was just this wonderful connection. You know, this little extroverted moment from eight feet away. So I think there's a lot of isolation, Marcia, but there are just, and, and backing up to Joe, I mean, it was just these few minutes of talking from 10 feet away and then the sharing the coffee, the sharing of the succulents. It just left this, this connection for me being this, like I said, high-end extrovert, um, you know, just kind of, you know, I mean, quite frankly, I feel lonely these days. But that was a moment, a moment of connection, which was really special for me
0: i i I understand that Steve um you know i I can really relate in just about everything you've just said and uh, in in fact, just about everything that you said, I can personally relate to for many people, they've known about zoom for a very long time for others of us, we're new to zoom i Um, I'm a member of a Rotary Club here, and we do our Zoom Rotary meeting every Wednesday, starting – we come into the room at 7.30. We start our meeting at 8, and there are about 40 of us that are on a Rotary Zoom call. For people that don't know what that is, if I could give you sort of a visual, if you remember back in the days when the Brady Bunch was on TV –
1: you know, you mm-hmm. had
0: all the Brady Bunch family and Alice and the kids, and they were all in these little boxes. It's very similar to that. What What I like mm-hmm. about Zoom, Steve, is that if you've got an iPhone and your closest friend has an Android, you cannot FaceTime. So this really mm-hmm. allows you to do that, and not only that, with multiple people. So for the past couple of Sundays, and this I think it's going to become a tradition, we are FaceTiming. I am FaceTiming with my son and daughter-in-law in Arizona. I'm also included in that call. Our family members, cousins of my of my kids, um, in Michigan, and there we all are. and And we're just relaxed. We're seeing each other. We can wave. We I you know you can pick up your iPad or whatever, your laptop, and you can say, hey, I just moved into this house. Do you want to see what my kitchen looks like? You know, what's it look like outdoors? It's, I find that that connection vitally, vitally important. And the other mm-hmm. thing that you mentioned that I also think is absolutely spot on, like you mentioned, you and I are both extroverted people. I really do make it a point of talking on the phone. Now some people will say oh my god that is what the last thing I want to do but under the circumstances today just talking to somebody particularly if you call somebody or you receive a call from somebody you weren't expecting to hear from, like your neighbor mm-hmm. Joe down the street. That connection of you and your coffee. God, we could do a whole show just on you and coffee, Cold <laughs> brew. Mr. Cold Brew. I know about you right. and coffee, Steve. I know a lot about you, Steve. Um, you know a lot.
1: David is married. I didn't know David's married.
0: You didn't know my son was married. Well, you know what? Well, we shouldn't really let you know ten or fifteen years go in between our conversations. No, it hasn't oh been that gosh. long. Oh my Anyway,
1: yes. yeah, that, that yes. we don't want to get too personal here, right? I I, no, well, I got gotcha. you. Anyway, keep going. But, but you know,
0: but here, but here's the, yeah. Oh my goodness! No grandkids, in case you're wondering. Anyway, um, grand, yeah, I have fur babies in my family. Oh,
1: not so good. To but, but anyway, keep going.
0: Anyway, but um, anyway, so so those phone calls are vital. For those of us that are really active on social media, which is me, and I go to Facebook, which I do, and I see all these little green lights down the, the chat side of my screen, and I'll think, oh, wow, there's Suzy Q. I'm just going to send her a quick instant message. Thinking about you, hope you're having a good day. Now, Matt, that person may or may not be on Messenger. That person may not have even seen It doesn't matter. I've reached out. That makes me feel good. I think what you said about the acts of service just before our show started today, I got a text from um, they're members of the YMCA, and she's saying, you know, we have a lot of people that are being housed in our recreational center, Steve, over in Westchester Park, and do you have any extra toiletries or bedding or anything that I could come by and pick up off your porch to take over to them? Or one last thing about what I'm doing because this show is about you, and that is because of our connection to the Y, Steve, one of the things that we're doing, and I'm part of a task force team, when you talk about acts of service, we are contacting all the senior citizens that are members of the awesome. Westchester Y. There are 800 senior citizens of the Y, and the purpose wow. of the call is to just check in. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. Do you need mm-hmm. anything? What? How can we help? We're, there's there's blood drives every Thursday. They're letting people. We're we're opening up our YMCA for people that may need to shower. So you know, lots of organizations are doing marvelous things to get us through this. And and that's what we all need to do. I have met more neighbors walking dogs. I don't even remember their names. I remember their dog's name. We don't stand (laughs) by each other. There's no reason why we can't walk with one another. We're just not standing near each other. We are here in California. We are wearing masks. We are required to cover our nose and mouth when we're outdoors, even if we're social distancing on a walk or even if we're walking alone. So we're all doing our part. But what i'm curious to know about Steve is for families like yours, where there are children, you have a twelve year old What suggestions are you offering these families to, and then coping with their children at this time?
1: you know marsha i don't know and i i only i say that <clears throat> excuse me in kind of in, in jest semi but uh this is such a such a hard time and so you know, people will come in with these looks on their face, and Steve, what do I do? And to a certain degree, I, I kind of say, "Dude, I don't know." Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, you know, I, I move into, uh, you know, what I guess where my brain where my brain is going, you know. A lot of times there's that eye roll, like, Oh my God, my parents are X, Y, and Z. And what I'm hearing now isn't, they're not saying like, Oh my God, my parents are great and everything. But I I think that there's a lot of turning towards family. Um, You know, when I, when I, um, I, I'm feeling even a little emotional saying it, but you know, for me, I'm, you know, I'm professional, I have my act together, but I know, like, I just wanted to call my parents just to check in. You know, I think we all need people who are there for us. And I think, you know, right, right now, I think a lot of just what is so important is time together, you know, having activities together, games or puzzles or, you know, I, I'm reading uh, a book with my son, and he told me today that he's, you know, giving it, loaning it to his friend for five days. We're going to have to take a, take a break, but it's one of our, our little things. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to church online, and that can be a way for bring connectedness. You know, my, my kid is baking and cooking, and we're doing, you know, say, Dad, I'm going to cook the entire dinner. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, I guess that means I'm doing dishes. Um, But, you know, so it's this time together. I mean, I know particularly teenagers are doing all they can do to stay connected with their friends, you know, texting and they don't email, but texting or a few of them are calling or whatever and message, whatever they're doing. But I've had kids say to me, well, we don't really have anything new to say to each other. And so it's really very, think it's kind of boring talking to them. You know, I have a few kids who talk about sneaking out. It's really interesting. Um, There just isn't as much conflict going on at, going on at home right now. Um, I, I, I think, I think that, you know, part of it, kids are, are, are taking this isolation thing seriously. I know in Sacramento, I don't think it's hit quite as hard as it is, as it's hit in LA. Nonetheless, you know, the kids, here they're taking the isolation thing seriously. Most, they're not sneaking out to see their, their um, boyfriends and girlfriends. They're not, you know, grabbing, grabbing mom and dad's, uh, you know, their booze and, you know, heading out and meeting their friends in the park or anything like that. So without as much connection, um, I mean, I know people are, you know, playing video games online, and that's, and that's a way to connect it, to stay connected. But at the same time, you know, I really I end up seeing a lot more of this family connectedness. And the kids I work with wouldn't necessarily admit it, but that's just sort of how it's rolling out right now.
0: I see. So if you've got young children, you know, you hear people say, you know, I don't watch the news or you hear people say, I only watch the news, it's on all day. Or you hear people say, I watch it in the morning and I watch it in the evening but how much do you suggest we share with young children, like the age of yours, a 12-year-old, about these current conditions? How much, without frightening them, I mean, they obviously know life is different. So what do you recommend? How much do we share with them about what's going
1: on? You know, that's a, that's a really good question, Marsha. And in some ways, you know, one of my answers is it depends. Uh, we have to talk on an age of – always – Talking in an age-appropriate way, in but it, it, to, you know, for for kids, there's a lot they can't they can't avoid knowing about. I mean, school's out; they got to stay at home, so they know the world is is in an upheaval. We can't hide things from them. But the same thing, I think, for you know, for our job as parents, to be reality-based about what we talk about, but also to try to provide a sense of safety Um, you know I I don't think we I don't none of us know exactly um, you know sort of the we were talking about the road the the road we're Mm -hmm. on right now and we don't know when this road is going to end so you know we don't know when things or if things are going to get quote unquote better but I feel like you know at least my job as a parent is to be as reassuring as we can as I can I I'm working, I'm going to work every day, you know, so I, I, I'm trying to, to, um, you know, let my kid know that finances are okay, you know, because they're probably, I'm, on some level he's hearing like, oh my God, lots of unemployed people in the world. So, so just, just without going on and on, Marsha, I mean, I, I'm just trying yeah. to do what I can to provide, a, to to provide a safe place and it's kind of how we are anyway. Um, I know some parents are just like, oh, I want to be truthful with my kid and, Show him what the world's at, because that's the world and he's gonna have to deal with it sometime anyway. I I, I don't think for me uh, I really I really want to break my kid's innocence down.
0: I so. I get that it and if they've if they've seen any news at all, not only do they do they know in their own life that yeah, they're not going to school and they can't go out and okay. kick the ball with their friends or or play baseball like your kid does you know but there's that whole death part like people mm-hmm. are dying uh-oh people are dying old people are dying uh-oh people mm-hmm. are dying are we going to die is it are 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 we going to die i mean i you know it could get really to that catastrophe stage and so i think what what i'm hearing you say is don't let it get there be reassuring talk to your kids ask them maybe Does any of this scare you? Because you sure don't want to say things that are not true because you want your children to always trust and believe you. And you don't want them to come back later and say, well, I can't trust you because you you lied to me all about that. So I I can see Mm -hmm. where being a parent of a kid that's, say, 9 to 13, um, maybe even younger than 9, um, must be. You know, why can't we go see Grandma? You know, she, right. you know, I, I can see where this could be challenging, but at the same token, what I hear you saying, Steve, <clears throat> is that we can be reassuring. We can use family time. We can set aside family time in a way that's much different than what we ever did before. Maybe we haven't really played Uno in a long time. Maybe you really are good at Yahtzee, whatever that is, or oh that one thousand,
1: right? Yahtzee, don't, right? Oh yeah. gosh, please. Anyway, Wait, I keep guess going. we just
0: aged ourselves. I don't know what games kids play today. <laughs>
1: oh, we, oh no, 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 we know all about Yahtzee bonus around my house. Let's, let's, oh, you
0: do? Yeah. Okay,
1: so and Connect oh, Four and all
0: those fun games.
1: Oh no, please um, don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, just don't I, touch Candyland, Marsha. Okay, we I don't won't Candyland. take to- it. Just- Oh, okay, boy. so what about anyway, what about suits
0: and ladders? Never mind. Oh no.
1: Okay. Oh, throw it in the trash. I'm saying. That's an oldie. Just, I'm saying it. Oh. Boy. <laughs> we're we're digressing well, though, Marcia. This is just a yes, conversation we for the two of us right now. We have got listeners. Yes, indeed. So, right? so you
0: know, yeah. I don't want to take us to down a, a dark rabbit hole, but I do mm-hmm. think that it's probably very much something that is escalating today, and as somebody that's a professional in this field, are you seeing trends with people's mental health issues escalating
1: right now? I mean, it's, it's, it's awful. I mean, it's, it's, none of us, it's, it's not going to be hard for any of us, you know, just to, to Google whatever, but it's more depression, more anxiety, mm-hmm. substance abuse is up, child abuse is up. Domestic violence is up. You know, I I think in our in our society life is so busy and so complex and challenging and, and and whatever adjectives you want to use that I think we walk you know all of us in quotes walk around with a level of anxiety that challenges all the time. And now right now it's a it's a crisis. And so let's say we're already at a you know a three all the time of anxiety, and now with this with this virus and the unsure challenges and whatnot, I think people are just really, really prone to, to spike. You know, I know my, my, um, you know, I'm typically a fairly patient guy. I mean, my, my wife might disagree, but I'm usually a pretty patient guy. And I know that my patience level is just not what it normally is. And so, I, you know, for me, I, I'm not like a super angry guy, but it's just really hard to manage right now. Um, so I, you know, I, I think I I, just all, all the kind of all those negatives have spiked right now and it's really scary, you know, in my office, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really what, what's really, really interesting for me is it's this balance between like, I don't know anybody who's had the virus. I don't know anyone who's been sick, excuse me. And so it's kind of, it, but there's this, I don't know, dissonance. I don't know if that's quite the right word, but sort of out there for me, it's out there. The world is just exploding from whatever lack of a better word, and yet within my world, I'm not being as touched as I might otherwise be. I think you know eventually it, it will it will touch me on a on a more personal level. Um, but so re- for me right now, there's like that freak out for me out there but within my you know within my um within my sphere mm-hmm. there's also a calm that it, i don't know if that's even making sense but
0: no it actually it's complicated it does <laughs> you know i know i honestly believe it or not um i feel that same way i'm really I, I i try not to say that my head is buried you know all the way up to my waist into the into the ground but i I'm trying to control the things I can control. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do my very best, frankly, to remain calm. I know that stress is not a good thing, and mm-hmm. it can it can it can bring on illness at times. So how important do you think setting intentions and expectations are in reducing anxiety based on your
1: experiences? Well, I think, you know, setting intentions, um, I don't know that I would necessarily use that word. Um, it's okay. a good word. It may not be. I mean, I think when we were talking about it, it was a word I used, but um, not necessarily my it. word, but what is it? Mm-hmm. What, what are our daily rituals to help us keep our, our feelings under control uh, for what so I'm uh, to a certain degree is I I'm not following my own advice very, very well. I think meditation is a really good thing. I am only meditating a little bit. I think yoga is a great idea. I'm only doing that uh, a medium, a a medium bit. I think Mm -hmm. journal writing is a, can be a really good thing. You know, it's complicated. What's hard is to a certain degree, a lot of people don't have words for how they're feeling, but to a certain degree, I, I think journaling can be, can be really, really helpful. Um, I don't know what else, what, give me, give me another question, Marsha, to help okay. you back on that. Okay,
0: sure. Uh, you know, you, you use the word, um, you use some, I like the term that you use daily rituals. Um, I think, for, for some of us, you know, it's just like, Steve, I think about there are the private people and there are the public people. We know both. Mm-hmm. There are the introverts. There are the extroverts. We know both. Some people thrive on daily rituals. My hand is up in the air. Call on me. That's me. <laughs> I, what are your I rituals, up, Marcia? Yes. You know, Steve, I grew up in a household that was very like the leave-it-to-beaver household. Dad went to work. Mom stayed home. Dinner was at 530. Mom made the clothes. Mom made the food. Mom cleaned the house. Dad mowed the lawn. Dad took the brother to Little League. I did the Girl Scouts. We had rituals, what we did. When I married Butch, an engineer, we're talking rituals. We had rituals. And when they, once and, and, and that includes when we ate. Um, and then when he took over, when the kids went off to college, and he took over cooking because maybe he was getting tired of what you could do with hamburger, um, and he started really cooking. <laughs> yeah, you're not cooking. a great cook,
1: are you, Marcia?
0: Well, I, you know, no, Steve, thank you for, for pointing that out. But, you know, Steve, if you remember, and I don't know that you would remember this or not because we do have a lot of history together, the very first time I had risotto is when you made that, and I was watching you make that, and it was like, "Dang, that took forever." You got to keep co- You got to keep putting the rice and the butter and <laughs> blah blah blah. I don't know. Probably don't remember that. But you know, Butch became a really good cook, and I don't even recall what year did you guys move to Sacramento. Do you? You must remember what year that was.
1: Uh twenty couple twenty ish years ago a couple couple years over twenty so like 20 okay so i'm trying to yeah.
0: i don't know if you were, years ago. i can't re- okay so twenty years ago that was twenty ten um at that point, we had already um remodeled our kitchen and have the chef's kitchen, and so he mm-hmm. really he really, really loved to cook. And the ritual on Sunday was he would put the menu together. Then he'd say, okay, you know, do we have any garlic? And then I would write the grocery list. Those were rituals. That's how my Sundays were spent every Sunday. We would go to the same market. We'd see the same people. So rituals have always been very part, very much a part of how I live. Once When he passed away, 11 years ago, my rituals tanked, you know. It's like, whoa, who's cooking? Um, So, you know, not to mention, where's the man I loved and wasn't living in my home any longer. So Mm -hmm. rituals truly changed for me, but then I developed my own rituals. So I, I do maintain rituals. I do have a way of doing things every day, and that makes me feel like I'm in control as much as I can be. So, when you talk about you know the these daily rituals and meditation and yoga, which I do both of, and that's where that word "intention" comes from, you know those things are are really important, and everybody does it their own way. I mean, my God, Steve, you were a tremendous exerciser. Are you still exercising like you used to
1: yeah that's a that's a hard question i i have a, uh I have a really bad back thing. And so, Mm -hmm. and I think that's part of, part of my, part of my challenge with anxiety right now, um, or frustration is that I don't, I'm not able to do the same exercises as I did. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, if I'm out to get a walk, it's a really, it's a really big, not a really big deal, but, um, Mm -hmm. getting a walk is, is, is a helpful thing for me, but in terms of really strong cardiovascular stuff, um, that's not happening and a lot of a lot of my rituals with my son were around sports stuff and throwing the baseball and whatnot. And so the other day he said, Hey dad, can we go, you know, throw the baseball around again? And I said, honey, my back hurts. He's like, all right, well, we'll go, you know, shirt new, short, short, shoot, nerf, poop in my room. (laughs) So, I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't want to get caught too much in the weeds of it, but I think we, you know, we have, we have intentions, we follow our intentions. And our rituals, and then we shift them as as time goes on.
0: Absolutely, you know, Steve. I wanted to just take this moment to also remind people because anybody listening now um, can hear the kindness that you have, and and not only that, but you keep it real. You're not talking above our head. You're talking with us. And um, I will make sure that your website is posted on my blog. It was um, earlier this week. And if people want to get in touch with you, the reality is, is now they can. They can actually reach out to you through your rivercounseling.com uh, site because you're, river, tele- City you're count- tele- river, river
1: City Counseling. River City Marshall, Counseling. River. Right, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i was like, right.
0: You know, I'm, look, I'm reading it and I'm reading you it You said wrong. River Rig- Counseling.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's wrong. It's River, river City, City Counseling.
0: counseling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so people can get in touch with you, and because you do um, – you can do this over Zoom or any other way. Somebody might be listening somewhere. They went, God, he is exactly who I'm looking for, and I would really recommend that those of you listening that would like to do that, you reach out to Steve. But I, you know, I was thinking about this too, Steve. I'm a story collector. I I like to hear the stories of the people that I speak with, and trying to keep it somewhat positive. And I know you can't say this was this is Susie from you know down the street who you know works at the local market, and this is her. You can't be you know detailed in that regard. But do you have some Mm -hmm. stories that you could share that just give us some hope from from somebody going to therapy?
1: No, no, no. That's, I, I appreciate the question. There there are people who, you know, on small levels, we talk about, you know, progress and, oh, oh. well, I feel less depressed. I feel anxious. I'm getting along better with my parents. My grades are going up, et cetera. I'm better since everything started since I came here. Cool. They don't necessarily put together their counseling to help them, but, um, so I see that a lot, but I have, you know, I have, I have some, some really, Lovely, lovely memories that really sustain me. You know, I had a a kid I I worked with 15 years ago or so. He said, you know, Mr. Dbe or whatever you call me. He said, you probably don't remember me, but I just want to let you know this is how my life is right now. I am studying psychology, and I wrote back. I said, I said, "Uh, you're the brown-haired kid with the glasses, right? And he was thrilled that I remembered. So he and I still still need to have a talk, but. You know, I've had, every once in a while I said, I get calls, Steve, I just want you to know, you know, I know we were in for counseling, and I just want to let you know um, that we just got married. Or I've had people mm. who, you know, people who said, hey, you know, we were going to have a really expensive wedding, and we decided that, uh, you know, instead of having an expensive wedding, we, we figured it was probably better just to put, our, put, the, put the wedding money into therapy, and we're so grateful you know, I've had, hmm. I've had a couple people say, you know, or I, I guess I sort of already touched that, but people who have said, hey, I became a therapist because of you, or I, I guess I've had a few people say, you know, I wrote about you on my college application. You know, there's always that question about how have you overcome hard times. But those, so those sort of things, those sort of things sustain me. So, you know, I don't, I don't get that those stories a lot. Um, you know, I, I don't even want to go into that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's all, that's a 10 minute answer or 10 minute question in and of itself, mm-hmm. but, um, getting those thanks, um, just mean, you know, mean, mean, the, you know, mean everything to me and really sustain, sustain me in my work.
0: I bet, I bet it does. I, I, I can, I can see why, why it would. I can also imagine that even if you didn't get the attaboys, um, it wouldn't, stop you from doing precisely what you're doing because sometimes people don't really know how to reach out and say thank you. Um, We all do it in our own ways. I mean, having nothing to do with counseling, but the fact that, you know, your neighbor, you did this exchange, I mean, that's just a warm um, gesture of humanity. And I think that we can bring out the best in humanity sometimes in the most darkest times and certainly if Mm -hmm. people were coming to you as clients you know last july and they really hadn't completed the things that they were hoping to accomplish in in a therapy session you know it didn't suddenly go away and if you didn't get along with your mother in july maybe you're still not getting along with your mother in april but we need to Mm -hmm. figure out how to do that so that you can get along with your mother. Forgiveness and
1: mm-hmm. some of
0: these, these tools in your toolkit, you know, help people, you know, to do that. And I, I, I do think that that's really important. And, you know, you've been through a lot yourself. And, um, I, I've, like I said, I've known you a long time. And sometimes I like to ask people this question because it's a question I, I sometimes ask myself. And that is knowing who you are today, and knowing the person that you are today. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: Well, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about that that earlier, so I, I, I appreciate the, appreciate the question. Um, when I was almost seventeen, uh, I was killed in the, almost not, fortunately not killed, but almost killed in a car accident. Um, It was sort of that typical people drinking, getting in the car with someone who's drinking, wrapping around a a pole on Famous and being rushed to UCLA Medical Center. Um, So for me, I I think I would have, I think I, uh, you know, hopefully I wouldn't have, would have, would not have gotten in the car. But, you know, part of what that, what that, excuse me, piggybacks on for me is I wish I'd thought out you know, some of my friends are lifetime great friends. and some of them are probably you know, hopefully listening, but um, you know, I think I would have sought out some different friends. I really, at, at the core of me, I'm kind of a nerdy math geek. And I, mm-hmm. I don't think that, that, you know, had, had I focused more on academics, I might not have made all the choices that I, that I made. Um, but I, I, I think you know, moving forward, um, you know, as an adult, I wish I'd done a better job um, as, a, as accepting that pain is, you know, emotional pain is part of our journey. Um, I went some, through some really hard times in my 20s, I, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier, and it was, it was, I, I think if I were, uh, had been a little more equipped to, to, to know, Sort of that pain is part of the part of the process. I think I might have been um, you know, able to move forward a, a little more easily. I would also, uh, I would have, I would have um, been a little bit more comfortable. I wish I'd sought inspiration a little bit more. I mean, like I said, I was, I was heading in heading in the wrong direction. And you know, I think people put put, you know, said, hey, you know. I really like you. Like I had a teacher once in college say, Hey, and it, it wasn't a, a creepy thing at all, but Hey, you want to come over, We'll you know, we can go do a, have lunch and go on a bike ride with my wife and me. And I thought, well, that's cool. We'll have a good lunch. But I didn't, I didn't accept the inspiration that was, that could have been, could have been there, there overall, or, you know, there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I was, I was also thinking, um, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm, you know, seeking inspiration But I've, I finally kind of, it kind of clicked in with me. And really, I I don't know that I would change a lot of what I've done as a, as an adult. You know, I did, I did volunteer work after college. That was good. I wouldn't change that. I taught for a couple of years. That was good. I wouldn't change that. And the, the career, the career I chose, I wouldn't change. It's really hard sometimes. And right now it's really, really hard. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't change who I married. You know, I, I got, mm-hmm. I got lucky. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I definitely, I definitely married up. Um, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say have that. changed moving to the, <laughs> right. I wouldn't have changed moving to the Bay. Um, you know, leaving LA was hard, but and moving to Berkeley was a, it was a, a challenging thing, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change that. So, you know, I wouldn't have changed. And moving to sacramento it was, it was a it was a hard choice but i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have changed it so i don't know i'm i'm, I'm happy the direction i've direction i've taken well
0: we piggyback on our experiences right i i think about mm-hmm. that question sometimes Stephen. i think do i really wish i would have paid more attention when i was in school if i was being honest no do i really regret that I got so many U's on my report card for what was I doing? Oh talking. <laughs> that I was grounded all the time because my work habits had use in those fields. I I I so wish my parents were looking at me right now so I could say to them, that was just job training. I just didn't know it at the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, I is you know, I I don't really I, I guess what I would advise myself is sort of the advice I'm living, which is to live your life to its full potential, whatever that is, and nobody gets to decide that. But you, Marsha, you don't have to apologize, and um, you know my Julie. she's You know her, and sometimes she'll hear me say something that's very self-critical, like I can't believe how stupid that was. I can't believe I can't figure this stuff out and she said she'll say to me mom would you talk to me that way then why would you talk to yourself that way sometimes we get some of our best advice from our children and it's very funny because my daughter is a spitting image of my husband and my son is a spitting image of me and you know it it's it's and it's interesting to be aware of that with our kids if you if you look at your son do you see him as more like you or more like your wife out of curiosity? Oh,
1: that's a really, <laughs> I keep saying it. That That's a really good question.
0: Oh, I'm good uh, at this, Steve. Of, five years worth. I know. It's
1: good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I, I'm a soft touch that way because um, you know you. me so well. Uh, when, yes. it comes to, when it comes to looks, um, I, I, ha, I have a picture up somewhere in the house of me and about you know, the grade that, that that I'm that I'm in and he looked at me said something I like I look a lot like you <laughs> and yes, he looks a lot like me. Other than um, he doesn't have full lips and I do, he it's very clear that he's my son. But in terms of <clears throat> excuse me, in terms of disposition, um I I like to say I have a sunny side up kid. Um and my mm-hmm. wife is sunny side up as well. Mm-hmm. Um I you know the, the nature the nature of my job is to I I see the challenges in things. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and I help people overcome the challenges in things. But I, you know, I'm not always the most optimistic person. So um, you know, my boy looks like me, and we you know we love sports together, and we play board games and stuff. I think I owe him a board game of some sort when I get when I get home. Um, but so I, it's, it's not like we're not alike, but I think. Definitely, he's he's got my wife's sunny side up yeah, disposition. Yeah,
0: you know it's it's funny. I I I haven't seen, and I know we're not using names, so I'm going to continue to respect that. But um, <laughs> I but it's hard not to slip. But I I think mm-hmm. I've done I think I've done well so far. Uh, cool. I I remember your wedding, and I remember thinking that that was the most loving, beautiful, joyful wedding that I that I could remember. And we're talking a long time ago, aren't we? Uh,
1: just like the other day, though, Marcia.
0: Yes, just, just like, like last the week. other day. Just like last week, Steve. Unfortunately, it's not exactly true because we uh, we build on our experiences. And there are people that choose to do that. I get it. That would be me. There are people and that's okay. You don't have to be like you don't have to be like me. Maybe what you what you like how how you live your life is making you satisfied and clearly we we shouldn't be in a position of judging others, but I think it's terrific that people in your profession are there and and in these trying times to be able to say I don't know who to turn to. My mom's driving me crazy. My husband's driving me crazy. I'm driving me crazy. That, that, the, the, <laughs> the, the chatter that's going on in my own head won't shut up. You know, I need to get some of this out. Now, maybe that's where the journaling happens, or maybe that's when you pick up your the phone and you call your best friend from the fifth grade that you don't have to explain yourself to and say, I've got to talk this out because I'm going, I'm, I'm going stir-crazy right now. You know, whatever we can do, but when you need... Professional assistance. It's really great to know that there are people like you. Whether whether they, somebody visits you personally, or maybe they're currently seeing their own therapist. You know, it's it's great to know that that profession is there to help us navigate these waters, particularly at this time. And I think that that's mm-hmm. what's so important.
1: No, and I and I appreciate that. You know, my sister is a is a kickbot therapist in LA. Um, so plenty of people are seeing her down there. And I know plenty of people in in LA who, who are really, really good. And so if anyone on, you know, anyone who's listening wants a, a referral in town, my contact information is on my website, like you mm-hmm. said, rivercitycounseling.com. Um, and then, and like I said, I mean, you can contact me and we can do therapy remotely. And if, if anyone wants to just get, I, mean, I think I've, you know, given a pretty, a pretty good taste of who I am, but if people want to know more about me, I write a blog primarily parenting stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's on my website, and I have a Facebook page, uh, just River City Counseling. And then for those of you who are on Twitter as well, I'm at River City Steve. Uh, that's kind of my fun pages. I I I love coffee and I love growing succulents, and so <laughs> on, on on my on my Twitter, I lot, I like to talk a lot about a lot about uh, about coffee. and you know, one of my, one of my tags is, is, uh, is coffee therapist. So, but anyway, that, those are ways to, to stay in touch with me. Um, and again, feel, you know, feel free to join my blog list. It's on my, it's on my website. And so you'll get that mm-hmm. regularly. And also, like, like I said, I mean, just feel free to reach out to me. Um, if you need, if you need help with finding someone down in LA, but or know, anywhere I'm, do, else, I'm doing please. a lot of phone stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing, or anywhere else,
0: Marsha. Exactly. No, I
1: mean, if, if, since since we're quarantined, it really doesn't matter where our therapist is, right? So no, it really um,
0: doesn't. It, it honestly, it really doesn't, and be, and that's the beauty of doing an internet show, an internet podcast, mm-hmm. is that. You know, I've had guests from all across the country that are doing shows with me. And so distance is not um, a hindrance in what what it is that you do. And, Steve, I'll make sure that for people that are just listening and aren't taking notes, I'll make sure to to include, (laughs) you know, your Twitter feed and all of those things so that people can find you. I wanted to say one last thing before before I let you get on with the rest of your day, and that is I don't typically do a Friday show, but this was particularly meaningful and special to me. The interesting thing is, and and you didn't know this when we scheduled this show, is that this coming Monday I'm having a repeat guest on my show. His name is Dr. John Putholi, and he is an immunologist, Mm -hmm. and we are really going to be talking about the science side of this pandemic um, as an immunologist, we're going to really be speaking about our immune systems and how we can support them through diet, through physical activity, through mental mental health. And he has a lot of information. He is a scientist, and I've told him, I said, okay, sometimes you, you, you lose me a little bit in the science, so I'll bring him back a little bit if I'm lost. But I think it will be a very important show for people that want to hear more about pandemics and and what's going on in the world today with the coronavirus. This is, you know, mm. far from over, but you're hearing terms that we never knew before, flattening curves and and all of these different terms that were not even part of our vocabulary a few months ago. So we'll be talking about that as well, and that is really, truly the beauty of doing a podcast and having really interesting people join me, but every show is... Different and every guest brings their own sensibilities and their own interests. So I'm going to be talking about fashion with a person um, at the end of the month. So, lots of different interesting things, but there would never be a show without guests. So, I want to just thank you, Steve, so much for being that guest with me today and walking down this road of familiarity um, as we reconnect. Um, and we'll have to obviously reconnect more because you didn't even know my kid was married. So we have lots of time to do. I know. That sounds so weird. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time out, Steve. And I, I just, I'm very grateful for you doing this with me today.
1: Well, this has been so much fun, Marcia. And um, down the road, if there's any time I can be a, re- a repeat person, I'd love yep. to do that. Because um, we have lots of lots of fun talking. to. So. We've had lots of fun, so uh, I'd welcome the opportunity to come back someday.
0: Terrific. I'd love that because then maybe you're going to tell me, Marsha, I'm thinking about writing a book. But that's down the road, Steve. (laughs) I don't know if you're thinking about that. I don't want to open that dialogue. That's what we can talk about in a few months. How's that? (laughs) When I
1: I write that book, I'll come and uh, I'll plug my book on this show. How's that? There you go. uh, But anyway. (laughs) love being here love talking
0: thanks thanks so much steve be safe everybody out there stay well and i'll look forward to having you join me on monday bye for now